so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hi everyone, this is the Marseille View, I'm your host Stefan and we're back after a short absence and we're pleased to bring to you some new content this week so it's been a quiet few weeks for us with Liga Unfinished and our attentions have largely been focused on Euro 2020 but now today we're going to bring to you a Mercato themed special episode I guess it's sort of discussing all the latest transfer news including our new signings and some of the other rumours that are floating around right now. We've even got a couple of guests joining the show. So so tonight um, we've got a couple of guests who are coming on to tell us their opinions, expert opinions, hopefully on some new of the some of the new recruits. So joining me tonight as always is Ben. How are you, Ben? Good. Yeah, good. Um you know, it's, we do miss them when they're not playing, but when they are playing we seem to moan about them. So we can't have it both ways. But it's good it's good it's gonna be good to chat about some positive developments which are some some new signings that that seem like good players so i'm looking forward to hearing from the guys yeah absolutely yeah it's been because i think because of the euros is going on there's, I mean, it's a bit busier than it normally is in the summer period isn't it like there's we're a bit distracted sometimes you sort of forget uh, um there's all this uh well, yeah, the, transfer the stuff to follow to, yeah the mechato tends to be slower yeah it tends to be slower as well doesn't it when there's a when there's a, an international tournament on so for us, that hasn't been the case for Marseille. Strangely, we, we, we seem to be getting some business done early, which is good. But for other clubs and, and possibly some of our departures, it may be playing a part in, in delaying the, the, the actual, you know, the, the rest of the, the market. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so plenty of rumours that we're going to talk about today. It's been quite, a, the, the, I guess, the news, the, the sort of, you know, your regular kind of... Um, Sports websites have been pretty busy with Marseille news around transfer, so we've got lots to talk about. Um, so, oh, firstly, so tonight we're going to be joined by a special guest. So we've got uh, Leonardo, who's from, if anyone's familiar with his Twitter page, OM Brazil. Um, he's he's come kindly to styling in all the way from... Uh, where, where, I'm not sure whereabouts in Brazil, apologies. But he's um, hopefully like he's going to be able to tell us a bit more about our first summer signing, so um, that's Brazilian midfielder Gerson. Hi, Leonardo, how are you? Uh, hello there, I'm okay, and it's a great, great pleasure to be here with you all to talk about OM and the Mercato, and, and we'll see what we get from tonight. Whereabouts in Brazil are you, are you phoning from? I'm from Rio, Rio de Janeiro. Okay, so Flamengo are from Rio as well, aren't they? So they're, I yeah, guess, the local yeah, club, yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you a Flamengo fan? Do you mind me asking? 
No. No, okay. I'm not. Okay. So I wonder how that's going to skew your views on this player then, how that's going to affect your opinion of him. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Well, thanks for joining the show. Um, but before we talk about the transfers, um, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions because we're kind of curious. So firstly, you know, uh, you're a Marseille fan living in Brazil. How does that happen? Oh, well, that's a great long story. But yeah, uh, I, can, I think I can... Resume that. In 2012, I think, I began following Marseille uh, in social media. And, and, and uh, uh, I began to, to follow Marseille, Marseille history uh, from, I discovered Marseille from the video games. I think, I, I, I should not remember, but uh, I think... Pro Evolution Soccer 2012, something like that, and uh, I had, I had uh, in 2012, I had 13 years, 13 years, yeah. and then I was just a child. I mean, uh, but I, I began uh, searching for the history of the club, and then I again I, f- I fell in love, and I I, I began stream watching streams uh, of Ligue 1 games. Uh, the Ligue 1 was, wasn't transmitted here in Brazil. Uh, so I, I had to, to watch, in, watch it in streams. And then uh, in 2012, yes, 2012, I've created our Facebook page, our first page of the fan club. And then I, I get growing up and our page uh, getting getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then we we'll, I had created the Twitter account in 2015. We get we already get uh, official relations with the club, uh, events uh, and things like that uh, with Jairzinho, Paulo César Caju, great Brazilian players who played for the for the club but yeah that's that's something crazy how it became a fan of marseille but it's like that like playing video games like a, a child normal child but that grow up uh very 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 strong and i became I became today uh, a 10-year page uh, a 10-year front club uh for marseille in brazil so, so there's other fans, other OM fans in Brazil. Then there's there's some things happening. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there's a very great fan base. I mean, in in 2012 when we began, there was two two little people that came with us. Uh, it was difficult to to find people like like us, like the like us here fans of Lynn, but the page real was was growing up fast. I met some people from the French community here in Rio de Janeiro. We made some some friendly conversations and some something like that. But yeah, yeah, now we have a very great fan base, I should say, uh, from all the country. Brazil is a very, very big country. And and we get fans from all all around the the territory 
so that's make uh, a very that's make me very proud né? but uh, that's very great for the club very very good for the club and since since Marseille don't have a Portuguese page not anymore at least but that's it Okay, right. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, the first. Well, the first thing on the agenda tonight is to talk through the first sign in Gerson, and then after that, we're going to be joined by a US writer, uh, Brian Sciarretta, to tell us more about another new arrival, which is Conrad De La Fuente, and then after that, we're going to talk through all the kind of main transfer rumours that are sort of floating around in the press about who's coming in and who's leaving the club. So, as I said, Marseille recently announced its first signing as the 24-year-old Brazilian midfielder Gerson, who plays for Flamengo. So, the player, I think, is due to join Marseille this weekend, I think, and undergo his medical, but despite his transfer was announced back in early June... Um, but I, th- I understand he had some other like playing commitments with Flamengo before he could come to Marseille. So now, Leonardo, the reason why we asked you on was because you're Brazil-based and we were hoping that you'd be able to share some insight into our new midfielder. So firstly, can you tell us what his playing profile is? Like, What kind of style of player is he? What can we expect from him? Uh, well, Gerson is... He's a very, very great player uh, with a great potential. Uh, he has shown here in Brazil what, what he can do, and that's why Sampaoli takes him to OM. Well, at first, uh, first we have, to, we have to, to keep in mind that, that Jackson is not only the best midfielder in Brazilian football, but he's the very best player in Brazilian football uh for two years he has been for two years since 2019 i'm not a flamingo fan <laughs> you asked me that but uh but i know that anyone know that uh that's clear for us here in brazil and that's why sao paulo made him so so crucial for his project down he's a classic box-to-box player he can do all around the midfielder. He can do six, he can do eight, he can do ten. And that's why he's called Joker here in Brazil. Coringa. Uh, because he plays in different positions with greatness, with powerful, powerful skills and all of that. Uh, he began his career in another Carioca team, Carioca we meant Carioca for Rio de Janeiro teams. That was Fluminense. He was revealed by Fluminense as a winger. He was a winger in Fluminense, and and he and he goes to to Roma and Fiorentina like a winger, playing as a winger. Uh, and then he came back to Brazil for Flamengo. He was a he was a wish for the Flamengo Flamengo coach. Uh, Jorge Jesus, uh, and then he get the, the position, he get reposition in field. He began to play central midfielder and then back to defensive midfielder. But he plays, he plays too as an attacking midfielder. And then he, he can do all that. And that's why Sampaoli makes that importance to him. 
he can play all that and he can play with greatness, like I said before. Uh, so a classic boxer, boxer, I can I can say he can play today like Rongier played to us uh, in the same function. I I I, I meant uh, like Sanson, like Rongier uh, in the same function, but not with the same quality. I don't know how how we. How he will adaptate to European football again? Uh, he was, he has a a bad experience in in Roma and Fiorentina, but in another position, you know. And now he's very much uh, mature, I think, and he he's ready to 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 Europe. I think he's ready to European football, and he's re- and he's ready to OM. And so let's get it done. Let's 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 see what he can. Let's see what he can do. Ben, have you got anything you want to ask Leonardo? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we could talk about it all night. But I, you, I mean, it, it, do you think so? Sampoli was at Minero, wasn't he, for the, for two years? I think. Um, so, do you think that? I mean, obviously, it's, he he would have analysed him as part of opponent opposition reports and stuff. Um, but in in San Paoli's style that he had at Minero, do, do you see? Do you think that he chose Jefferson to try and copy that style at, at Marseille? Well, uh, we should wait to see. Then uh, San Paoli began his project in Marseille with three defenders. I don't think he. I don't think we'll continue with that. I mean. I guess he's doing a two two defensive players next season, uh, like Calvaro and, and Chaleta Char. Or, well, Chaleta Char may, may get transferred, but you know I, that's it. Uh, two central central defenses and a free free player midfield with maybe a defender midfield and two central midfield without. An attacking midfield, exactly, uh, like Payet or, or like, well, Almada. That that's another player on our short list. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully, but yeah, I think he will do that. A four-three-three formation uh, with two points, with two wingers, right? That that's why we we had De La Fuente, I think. So we already had losing Hick and we, we should get another player for the position like Jeremy Boga or, or anything like that. And I, that, that's why I, I suppose he, he called Gerson to make him the central midfielder alongside uh, Gendouzi or Rungier or Gaye or who came, who should came for Marseille. I think that that's it. I have a question. It's just I'm wondering what... The reaction in Brazil is to Gerson's move to Marseille. Do people mm-hmm. think it's a surprise? Are people excited about the move or disappointed? That's a funny question. You know, yeah, I've I've had very long discussions with Flamengo fans, for example. Uh, you know, the news in Brazil, the media in Brazil, is a little bit sensationalist and. That's get it. That's get the people annoyed, you know. People thought that Gerson should be in Real Madrid, in Barcelona, 
or something like that. And and some some a little little bit of, of Flamengo fans got very very mad with OM because we are stealing the player from them. But that's okay. That's that's funny at all. But uh, that isn't funny at all. But well, what can we, what can I do? That's not not exactly a surprise. Gerson Gerson has a wish to get back from Europe. That that was clear for everyone, and he he achieves just that. He, he come for for playing Ligue 1, an attractive league, uh, an attractive club. Uh, I meant there's nothing supernatural about it, you know, uh, but. People go go crazy for very very little things. Uh, I think yes, we got we got how can I say we got disappointment from the Flamengo fans who who thought that he could be in Real Madrid soon or something like that, and he'll get a captain of Seleção and everything like that. But you know, life isn't isn't like that. Step by step, and that's okay. I've, I've very, I've, I have been in some fights for this reason recently. Fights, virtual fights, I know the virtual discussions with these Flamengo fans. But there's nothing, nothing normal here in Brazil. We are very, very emotional. So when we got pissed off, we are pissed off, and when we got happy, we get happy, and. People in Flamengo are very, 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 very angry about Marseille, and and we are suffering a bit, little bit, but that's normal. That will, that will pass out. No problem with that. Yeah, well, I I think if they read the reports today that we're, we're paying twenty eight million for them, I I think maybe they won't be so angry because uh, it's quite a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully that should sort of um, appease some of the the discontent. Yeah, well, there there are some people from Mango that thinks that twenty million isn't the right price. You know, they fall that twenty five or even thirty. But well, the, I I should say twenty million is a very very right price. That's okay. That's a very okay price. Sorry, today, um, um, 28 million is what we've heard, I think, from an Italian journalist, so nearly 30 million. Yeah, so it's quite a lot of money, anyway. But yeah, um, no, that's understandable, I think. Um, fans are always going to be upset when you lose your best player, especially when if you think you're going to get more money from him or you're going to lose him to a bigger club, you can accept it more than one that maybe you're not so familiar with, but... You know, um, but nonetheless, it was yeah, it was really good to hear some of the 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 thoughts there that you had on Gerson um, and the, and the type of player he is. Um, ben, I don't know if you've got any anything to ask, or if you, if, or, or, or should we just give our own thoughts on 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 the player? What do you think? Well, I get the only. I think yeah, I think the only last question I'd ask is, um, <clears throat> and it's it's interesting hearing your your comments on you know the fan disappointment, and obviously any any fan of any club is going to be disappointed where one of you know their their best players and the best players in the league leaves their team, obviously. But um, do you do you feel Leonardo that people expected him to sign for maybe a bigger club, and that's why there is there is a form of. Um, you know, of of not understanding why he would he would go to Marseille, or or are people 
were, were there bigger clubs that were interested in him? Is is the question really? And why did he choose Marseille? Did, did, you, did he has he has he explained any of this in Brazilian press? Well, the Brazilian press uh, released a few Brazilian uh, journals or made the notice that Real Madrid was interested in him and shown interest to his father and all of that and should present uh, an offer for Flamengo in a few days and, and things like that, sensationalist things like that. I think uh, that's just for to get up the price of the transfer. When you get Real Madrid or things like that or things like that on the negotiation it's for the for the the good of Flamengo, you know, uh, for Flamengo to to achieve to get more money. Yeah, yeah. Some people get disappointed because he signed he's sitting in Marseille. Uh, some people uh, just getting getting. Uh, well, how can I say that? Being honest, uh, I live in Brazil. You know, we have Neymar as a national idol that's that's difficult for us uh you know and uh since he plays in the the capital team don't uh say that say it's it's too hard for us to get respect you know uh, well we got losing hickey he he was a Botafogo player uh Botafogo Botafogo fans love OM and and make sure to to get to follow us to know about Luis Enrique and all of that. But uh, Luis Enrique was a was a young talent, you know. It it wasn't the, the best player in the in the team. Uh, we we didn't we didn't steal him for Botafogo, you know. Uh, he was just a young talent. That logic. The the fans love him, but not it's not like Gerson, you know. Gerson is a superstar. He's another level. Is is other other thing. He's a made player. He's a, a real player. Uh, I I I don't know how to say that, but he's 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 reality. You know, he's not a promise. Yeah, I think we 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 know what you're saying. Yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, professionally experienced. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that that's really good. Um, so it's kind of good to hear that he's rated that he is. You say is as good as he is rated. You know, we hear that he's uh, a big, uh, you know, a big uh, player. But it's good to hear that you know you actually feel that he is that good. So and you know you talked about uh, Sanson and Rangier earlier on. I think that is what we we've thought in this podcast for some time is we need that kind of player but better than that level you know that someone like Sanson someone like that but just with more quality so it's really kind of promising to hear that this is a player who maybe shares a lot of those qualities but can just has the potential to play at a better level so that would be really cool um guys I'm, I'm just mindful of time and I've got We've got Brian, who's waiting to join us to talk about Della Fuente. So uh, thanks very much, uh, Leonardo, for for joining us and to tell us about Gerson. It was really really great to hear someone from Brazil sort of share his thoughts. So thanks very much for 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 that. Thank you. 
Okay, so next up, um, we're going to have a discussion about our next signing, which is what well, appears to be American winger Conrad De La Fuente, uh, who joins from Barcelona B. So that transfer, we understand, well, is about to be made official soon. So Marseille President Longoria just confirmed that a couple of days ago. Um, so now we've got someone joining us here to chew the fat about De La Fuente. So US football writer Brian Sheretta, hopefully I've said this right. Apologies, Brian, if I've not, um, has joined us. So um, thanks very much for joining us, Brian. How are you? Ah, oh, very good. Uh, and kudos, that was a very good pronunciation of my last name. So uh, you're right on the money there. And thank you for having me on. I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure. I believe you, but I'll take it. Um, yeah. So, Brian, do you want to just maybe tell us very quickly a little bit about your backgrounds? Maybe so our listeners know who you are and why you're in a good place to tell mm-hmm. us about our new signing or pending signing. Sure. Yeah, I've been covering um, uh, American players in the U.S. national teams um, uh, going back to I think it was. Uh, 2006. So I've been around. Um, uh, spent also a lot of times covering U.S. youth national teams and developmental, you know, pathways here in the United States for young players. And we're starting to see uh, the emergence of a very talented young generation. And you know, so I cover the domestic game here as well as Americans abroad. I've written for a number of publications. Um, my work has appeared in uh, Soccer America, uh, the New York Times. Um, I'm a Frequent American American Soccer Now, and I'm a frequent guest on uh, Sirius XM Radio. We have a regular segment on the week, every week on Sirius XM to kind of go over American players um, and national teams and MLS and you know players abroad. So um, yeah, I think uh, you know I, I, I've seen a lot, um, uh, but this young generation, which Conrad is part of, is is probably the most intriguing you know, that I've seen um, since covering. So, can you tell us a little bit about De La Fuente's profile? Like, what's his playing style? Sure. I mean, he's a he's a winger. Um, you know, so he really likes to play outside. I mean, I've seen him play a little bit, you know, as a center forward. But you know, when they try when when people try to use a small and dynamic center forward, but almost always he's used on the wing. Um, uh, that will be you know where Marseille tries to use him. You know you know, tries to play him. I mean, I think it's going to be very interesting because he never really got any minutes at Barcelona. He made the bench a bunch of times, but never, he saw, he saw a sub appearance once in a champions league game. That was, that was well in hand for Barcelona. And then, um, he's too good for Barcelona B. Um, he's not good enough for Barcelona. So that, that could mean just about anybody. Um, but he was one of the best players on Barcelona B um and uh you know look i think he's a small guy i think you know in terms of his skill it's very very good um it'll just be very interesting to see how he handles the athleticism now of first team soccer because um you know france can be a very athletic league you know big and strong and 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 conrad has the skill of those kind of players but you know it's a question of like you know in terms of how he grows up and matures as a as an adult because he's you know he's still very young like how he will blossom into the athletic demands of the game. That remains to be seen, but he has he has all the skill to to handle it. Okay, no, that's really good. Uh, ben, have you got anything you want to ask Brian? Yeah, uh, Brian, again, thanks for joining us. Um, it's, it's always great to have experts, and, and as you mentioned, I think earlier you, you've, you've actually spoken to Conrad a few times, and, um, and you're well aware of his progress and his profile. 
Um, I, I'm quite I'm quite intrigued when you, you speak about you know obviously him being part of um a, you know up and coming golden generation of, of U- U.S. youth players and stuff. Um, is, is this do you think that the U.S. is going to have more exports? And, and do you think that Conrad can you know can at least if he progresses well and develops well, can could he at least reach the level of a Punitich, for example? Uh, you know, Pulisic, I think, was has always been ahead of Conrad. Well, I mean, they play the same position. You know, they're both wingers. Um, uh, you know, Pulisic was always kind of ahead of the curve. Um, I mean, when he came, when they recruited him, when Dortmund recruited him out of the USU 17 national team, um, you know, they saw a guy who could be on the first team within six months. Um and 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 that came to be true. Um, and he's always kind of whatever kind of bar that was set before him. He he always easily seemed to reach it. Um, you know, Conrad's now at an age where Pulisic has played. You know, would have played. You know, many champion. He's played multiple Champions League games over the course of several seasons. So he's a little bit behind Christian. But you never say never. I mean, I think I think he could he could still be very good. I mean. Um, but, but you know he has some catching up to do to to get to be you know Pulisic's uh, level. Look, I think that when and I want to correct, I don't think this is a golden generation, and that's actually what is, makes this generation of American players so exciting. Is is I think that this is going to be something sustained because we're dealing with like a you know a turning point in the game here where it, it's it, the game is thriving among the younger players, and that's not slowing down. And there's better coaching here and better paths that generations. Didn't you know? Previous generations never had in the United States. So, but you know, Conrad was interesting because he went over to Spain not necessarily for for football reasons. He his father, who was a you know a Haitian immigrant into the United States, was working at I believe it was the Haitian embassy um, in Spain, and then it was there he got discovered. So it wasn't like Pulisic got discovered here, and 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 the scouts of of Europe were on on American players. You know, Conrad had. You know the benefit of having a job, a father who is employed overseas. Um, so it's it's a unique case for him. You know, he so he comes from like a different path than I think a lot of like the Tyler Adams, the Pulisics, you know, Serginho Dests, and you know all these other generation, you know, these good generation of young American players, you know, that find themselves. Uh, in terms of his ceiling, I don't know. You know, it still remains to be seen, just because. He hasn't had the chance to play um, real meaningful first team minutes with Barcelona, um, and you really can't do it until you start going against adult men who are like you know uh, you know at a professional level um, at a high professional level. Uh, but you know when I talk to U.S. youth national team coaches and stuff, they all say you know he's a good player. He can make some magic uh, you know in some certain situations. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it because it's a high upside, but it's. It's still at a point where it can go either way with him. Okay, no, that's really that's really insightful. If any, you guys got any more questions for Brian? I've got one more. I want to ask him, but I'll let you. If any, you have got one, on you go first. Um, I, 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 just just a, a quick one, really. Um, do you? I guess the, the question is, as you said, he, he's not. He's too good for Barca B. Not good enough for Barca A. Still developing into you know an adult because he's, he's relatively young. And, and as you say, will he cope with the demands of? professional football in, in a physical league like France, but do you, do you think, I mean, in terms of pressure and mentality, 
Mm. He's played for Barcelona. Well, he's played for Barcelona B, and it's you know you don't walk into Barcelona. It's, it's you've got to be yeah. quite special to to play for Barcelona to get signed by Barcelona. Do, do you think that him him being signed for Marseille? Do you think he's ready to step into a starting position? Uh, you know, I I I I'd be surprised if he starts right away. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting. Um, yeah, at some point in the season, he it, it breaks through. I think there's still a little bit of a learning curve to go um, in terms of, you know, his maturity, you know, in terms of, look, you, you guys have been around the game uh, a long time. I'm sure you know that sometimes players fail um, and sometimes players succeed, not necessarily because of their talent, but because of how, emo- how they handle their emotions and, and, and their maturity and how they carry themselves off the field. They don't cave to pressure and they handle the demands. I, I think he's, He's very good in that regard. Um, you know, he, he's everyone kind of speaks highly, you know, of him. Uh, you know, in terms of his ability to handle pressure, uh, um, and and I think he will understand that. Look, it, it was tough for him at Barcelona because I think he made the bench. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say for for La Liga games, it was in the teens, um, uh, 14, 15, 16 times, something like that, and. Um, uh, unused sub every single time, um, you know, in, in La Liga games, and that's you know that, that that that's that's a tough thing to do. But you know, he seemed to has have, has kept his spirits up, understood where he was, and understood what had to be done. And um, you know, and Barcelona's in a cash crunch now; they have to sell players. But it says something that that, that he's going to be one of the first ones sold. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's it's really interesting to see, and and I think. Um, you know, it speaks well of his talent just to even be in and around that first team of environment. I mean, now it was the highest of high standards, even if it wasn't the best of the best many years like uh, from it. But it was still just being a part of that environment. You, you, you come to understand professionalism at the highest levels of the game. So that, that you know, he's going to come in there with some really good experiences off the field, which I think will help him, you know, integrate into uh, Marseille where the where more is going to be expected of him at Barcelona. He was just expected just to get a couple games here and there at, at Barcelona, if possible. And Marseille, he's going to be expected, you know, to contribute eventually. Um, so he, but he understands that. I mean, you hang around with Lionel Messi, you train with, you know, uh, Dembele. I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't stop. So, um, I mean, I, 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 again, there's a lot of things to like about Conrad um, from a lot of different angles. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased you spoke about his sort of mental qualities, his mental strength, because that's what some, one of the things that we always kind of wonder when someone says from Marseille is how are they going to cope with the pressure from you know the fans? It can be quite an intense atmosphere to play in. So it's kind of good that, mm-hmm. to hear that you're saying that he's you know he seems to cope quite well under pressure and he seems to have quite a good sort of strength of character so that's that's really promising um i've got one more question for you brian and then i'll let you get on um and we've got some other things we're going to sort of talk about as well tonight because there's a lot of transfer rumors at marseille right now but yeah the the question that i really have is just i'm kind of interested in how He's this this transfer will be perceived in the states. Is it something that will, um, I guess, excite U.S. soccer fans, or is it kind of one that you think will just sort of go under the radar, or will people be disappointed that he's leaving Barcelona to go to a smaller club? No, not people are going to be very excited about it because I think, look, we've seen really good 
American players right now make moves for MLS teams and you know and join these big teams and then then you realize that like you know it's tough to break in at these these teams you you just you know just because you can't play for Barcelona as a 18 19 year old doesn't necessarily mean you're doesn't mean you aren't going to be an outstanding player. Um, we've seen Conrad play and uh, try to play injured, by the way, through a, uh, at the U-20 World Cup in two years ago, um, playing as one of the youngest guys on the U.S. team. You know, so he's got a pedigree that, that, um, that intrigues a lot of people. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and so there's always been a lot of eyes on American prospects now, um, both domestically and abroad. He's certainly one of them. But now I think everyone realized that like he can still be an unbelievable player or a very good player, just because even though he's not starting for Barcelona, I think that people just really want to see players play and then and then move their way up, you know, not necessarily work their way down. Um, and uh, so he was at a point where he had to kind of work his way down. But now it's time to see, okay, let's let's work your way up. I mean, you could still be on the U.S. national team uh, easily if you do well at Marseille. So uh, that's a that's a great club. So. Um, I think everyone's very excited. Um, it's going to play well here, and uh, and you know, and and we're just looking forward to finally seeing what kind of player he's all about too. Because there's been a lot of hype about Conrad uh, here in the United States among the U.S. fans too. But there's nothing really to descend, determine what his ceiling or what his floor is. Like you know, you can't really do that with reserve team soccer. Um, and uh, but we're kind of um, we'll learn a lot. I think very soon um should this deal go forward okay brilliant um no that is really good to hear and um i, th- I think for just from our podcast like probably like most of our listeners are based in the u.s so it's kind of a good thing for them i think to for those om fans in the states to finally get an american player at the club so <laughs> i guess that's going to be pretty exciting for them um but yeah uh thanks very much for for joining us and and, and sharing those kind of Really insightful views on on uh, Conrad De La Fuente is a player that you know not so familiar with. So it's really great to hear um, just that kind of level of detail about him and his background. So brilliant! Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Really appreciated. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you, guys. Right. So what we're going to do uh, for the rest of the show uh, is we're going to just cover the a number of the sort of key transfer rumours that we're seeing that are in the press right now. So as, as we said, there's a lot of players that are being linked to to Marseille at the moment and uh, quite a number of players that we've been told that are in quite advanced negotiations. So we'll kind of run through what we can in the time that we've got left in the show. So firstly, I think we'll start with Matteo Guendouzi. I never know how to say his name. Guendouzi, Guendouzi, what is it then? Yeah, the U is it? It's Gendouzi, okay. Gendouzi, right. Yep. Apologies. So yeah, um, I think we'll start with him because he is um, he is uh, supposedly like in quite um, well, Marseille are in quite um, advanced negotiations. I understand with Arsenal trying to work out a fee and the players agreed, I understand to come to Marseille. So he's a, a, quite a strong candidate for being a third signing perhaps um, yeah just thinking he's a player that he's familiar we're all familiar with I guess if we're watching English football so um, what are your thoughts on Gendouzi like as a signing for Marseille is it a player that you'd like to see at the club Ben I know you're a bit of an Arsenal fan aren't you so um, yeah what do you think about this deal <laughs> as, as difficult as, as it is supporting Marseille and Arsenal yes <laughs> 
Um, it's been quite depressing the last few years. But uh, I mean, Arsenal, he arrived at Arsenal. So you've got to remember he was at Lorient and then they got relegated and PSG was scouting him. And he was heavily linked with PSG, but Lorient got very greedy when they saw PSG was interested. And, uh, and so Arsenal were able to sweep in. And I think it was, he was one of Arsene Wenger's last you know, sort of recommendations before he left the, the, his, his long-standing role as manager, saying, you know, this, this kid's uh, the, next, the next best French midfielder, I think. So Unai Emery came in. Um, he, he'd just left PSG, and obviously he, he was part of scouting him at PSG, so it made sense that he would, he would take a punt on him at Arsenal. And in, there, there was a run of, um, I think, 22 or 23 games unbeaten when, when Emery joined. Again, Duzi and Torreira were, were running, were busting the midfield. Um, and it worked for a while. Um, Genduzi's style, I think he's, he's very good technically. Um, he can pick a pass as well. He, he can dribble and he can, he, 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 he can protect the ball really well, even though he has a tendency to do the Neymar thing of trying to overprotect the ball to draw the foul, which frustrates me personally because you find yourself screaming, screaming at him to play the pass instead of trying to draw the foul. But that's, that's an aspect of his game. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm excited for him because I think the potential is still there. He's still relatively young and he's French as well. And he's the captain of the, the under-21 team. Um, but, you know, many people will probably be thinking, would it be another Kuznos? No, because he's got a lot more professional football under his belt and some European game experience. Um, the, the, I think the, the big question mark is his character, because apparently that's why Arteta shipped him out on loan to, to Berlin is because... He was being a prick in, in training and he had an incident with Neil Mapai, I think, in, in Premier League. So Arsenal played Brighton and he, he started mouthing up about earning 10 times what Mapai was earning and told him to shut up, that he'd never be good. Bro, bro. So it, it, those, those are the rumours, is that he, he has a tendency to be a bit hot-headed and a bit of a diva. But personally, I'm, you know, I don't think someone like Sampaoli will let that fly and he'll just coach him mentally and be like, no, you keep your mouth shut and you get your head down and you play football and, and we'll all be fine. So I'm quite excited. And with, with Gaston joining as well, um, finally, for the, this, this is um, an area of, of the pitch where Marseille have struggled with depth over the last five years. We've, we've tended to have our starters, which are quite good quality, and then you know, pretty, pretty average replacements on the bench or unfit players. And now it looks like not only do we have depth in that position, but for me, we have, we have players with profiles that mean we can, we can tweak things tactically during the game and bring on players with different, different qualities. And we can actually start being a bit more creative in, in the way that we approach different games. And we can have one tactic for one opponent and another, another tactic for another opponent with different lineups. So I'm, I'm quite excited. Okay, um, I'm. I mean, I don't really know the player very well, to be honest. I, I don't watch a lot of Arsenal, so um, and I, I I haven't been following them because I don't watch. Is it Hertha Berlin? Isn't it? I don't. I don't really watch much Bundesliga either, so I don't really know the player. I know of him. Um, I, I think I'd seen him a couple of times a couple of years ago. I thought he looked like quite a, a very technical player. You know, a player that looks like he's got great like um ball control and stuff, but um. Yeah, I don't really know too much of him. I just know that he's very disliked um, by a lot of people. But um, yeah, so Leonardo, have you got any thoughts on Gendouzi? You're still with us, aren't you? So um, have you got any thoughts on him as a player you'd like to see at Marseille? Oh, well, I think he should be a great addition to the team. 
uh, yes, we're we're expecting to sell Camarado. Uh, well, he's he's doing exactly the same thing in the field, you know. Uh, not as the same quality, I think, but he can progress. He has potential. Uh, I've I've seen him in Hertha Berlin last season for a quite 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 times, but. Uh, he has potential. He can do. He can do the job. He, we have to see if Sampaoli can can work with him. Uh, he's not a Spanish talking, I, I think, but uh, not a Spanish speaker. Uh, but and even Sampaoli is not a, a French speaker too. But uh, I, I can. I think he can. He can do great. He can do great in our midfield. Uh, getting the place from from Camara and and getting the battle in the in the midfield with with Papagay. Uh, not 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 with Gerson, not with Rongier. I think he should be more defensive. Uh, so it should be great to have this this fight for position with Papagay. Great. So as I said, plenty of other players that we've been linked with. Another one that we're told is very close to joining Marseille is quite a surprising um, transfer story, and that is uh, Brazilian defender, former PSG defender, and also from Arsenal is David Luiz. Um, uh, this one's kind of baffled me, to be honest, but apparently it's you know very close to 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 being a done deal. He's on a free transfer, I understand, so it's just really a case of thrashing out per- a personal personal terms with the player um yeah what what are your thoughts on this signing i asked you leonardo first you're the brazilian so would you like to see david Luiz at marseille uh, well you know there's this psg thing uh, uh that's that makes me uncomfortable but, but i think he can he can degrade you know well he he has been he has been good in Arsenal last season. I talked to a very great number of Arsenal fans to about him and to ask about him and his performances in Premier League. And Arsenal has been has been lacking of quality, as we know. But uh, they told me that Le- David Luiz was the best defender in the team, you know, and that's for a Premier League level. That should mean something. Uh, and for and, and another vision, we got losing Hickey and we got Jackson, who need a player, an experienced player uh, in European football, who can talk to to them, uh, who can help them to adaptate uh, in a uh, in, in a club with oppression like OM that that is a normal is enormously pressing. So I think I think he should help. He should be great. There, like I said, there, there's this PSG thing that makes me very uncomfortable. But <laughs> life life should go on, and then I I I think we should should get him. I think we he could he could help us. Yeah, the the PSG thing doesn't really bother me that much, to be honest, because we've had other. PSG players, I guess, over the years. Like, if you think uh, Gabriel Heinze was a former PSG player, and he, you know, is considered a bit of a legend at the club. So that part doesn't bother me. The part that bothers me about David Luiz is that he's very prone to making big mistakes, and I'm just—I've never been a big fan of him. Where I recognise that he's got a lot of 
quality on the ball. I think he'd actually probably do quite well as a midfielder, personally. But I, I always think it, um, in, in defence, he makes he just makes too many mistakes, and um, he, I just don't know if we could we we really need another erratic defender, another one like who's you know because we've already got Leonardo Bellardi, who is also. A, you know, capable of making some big mistakes in games. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, and also, I just wonder how expensive his wages are going to be. But I don't know. I'm like, I mean, as you make some good points, like there's other Brazilians in the squad. He's an experienced player. So yeah, maybe he will um, play a good role in the dressing room um, for those players uh, and the rest of the squad even. Um, but yeah, Ben, what about you? Again, ask you know. You're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? So, like, what do you think of David Luiz? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I agree with with. Um, you know, I've, I've watched. I mean, Arsenal in the second half of the season, they they're second in the table purely based on on points and stuff from January to to May, and that coincides with Arteta Arteta putting David Luiz back in the team. And I think Arteta, um, sorry, Arsenal had their best defensive record in the league for for seven years this season. Um, and he was he started almost every game when they kept a clean sheet. So I agree with you. He, we all know he's got a tendency to be error prone, but I think for Ligue 1, he'll, he'll you know he'll be more than good enough for Ligue 1 if he was able to, to hold his own in in, in that Arsenal team and start ahead of um, of other other talented defenders. And um, he, you know they also went to the semi final of the Europa League. And when you look at rotation and stuff, you sort of think, well, we're going to need an experienced pair of hands at the back for the you know the Europa League. And he's he's won European trophies. He's, you know the PSG thing is uh, if it, it was a French player who, who like Gamero, for example, who we'll probably talk about later. You know, who's a self confessed PSG. That pisses me off a lot more. The fact is, David Luiz is, is a mercenary. You know, he he he, he probably didn't even know who PSG were before they, they made them a ridiculous salary offer and they joined them. So, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I think that the last thing to, to bear in mind is obviously you, you mentioned it before you handed over Steph was, yeah, he, he, he's Brazilian, he's experienced. I think he can play that big brother role. You know, it's very important for someone like Jason to have a, a compatriot that, you know, is, is there and is settled in Europe and has had a great career in Europe and who, who you know, he, he can, he can, have that sort of, um, you know, that sponsor basically, um, and I think for Luis Enrique, more importantly, he can he can take him under his wing and say, mate, if you want to be in Brazil national team, this is what you need to do. These are the expectations, and I'll, I'll help you get there. And you know, he can mentor Balerdi. I'm very excited if we can pull this signing off because I think it's it, it makes sense not only on the pitch but also from a leadership point of view. These these are the sorts of characters uh, like Luis Gustavo that we, we need. We need in this team because we need someone to keep to keep the you know the motivation. I'm quite surprised that both of you are so positive about that one, but and, and nonetheless, you know, you maybe you two you watch more more uh, David Luiz than me, and maybe my views are maybe a little bit. Um, influenced by stuff in the past but anyway there's a lot of other players I said that we've been linked to and I noticed we're kind of like you know nearly out of time so I'll just pick maybe we won't do them all but we'll do a couple more um, and just pick a couple that I think are particularly interesting so another former PSG player is Kevin Gamero who's been linked to us um, which is a bit of a surprise he's quite he's getting on a bit he's quite old isn't he he's about 34 um, currently with Valencia, isn't he? 
Is that right? He's been around Spain so much. He's a free um, agent yes. now. He's a free agent, yeah, okay. So he's apparently in talks with us, could join us, um, presumably as a backup to uh, Milik. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the signing? Again, the former PSG thing is in is there, but yeah, what do you think? Gamero, welcome signing for Marseille or not? Well, for me, it's absolutely not. And and for the both reasons, you know. Well, the technical one and and the PSG one. I, I think we really, really don't need him at all. I think we should uh, get someone a bit younger, you know. Uh, with with a great potential, maybe maybe a Ligue 1 attacker, but I don't I don't think he he'll do the job. And and, and that makes makes me make me uncomfortable to think about the PSG thing. But Gamiru just just make me crazy to think of of him playing with a Noam shirt. After all, he said for all those years about our club and. And and I really, really, really don't see him as an ON player after all. I don't think we should should get him a chance or or anything like that. You know, now there that he he doesn't he doesn't have a job now now Marcel now Marseille is a great club and now that all the things uh, the, he gave interviews. Uh, saying that he should play for Strasbourg or something, <laughs> he should go then. Uh, not not here. I, I don't 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 like the rumor. I I really think it's just a rumor. I don't think that Longoria should make an offer or something like that. But I think we should get someone younger uh, with more potential uh, to get get back back up Milik, and that's it. For technical reasons, that's it, and then there's the the PSG thing and all all this all these little little fights. But that's it. And um, what about you, Ben? Do you like the idea of Gamero joining? Absolutely, I completely agree with everything Leonardo just said. It's completely cooked. <clears throat> if you look at his stats from the last few years, you know he's, you can tell he's an aging player who played less and less games, injuries. Um, and, and and the PSG thing where he's actually French and he's actually self-confessed fan of PSG and is always pissed all over Marseille. So no, no, you know we're not we're not a retirement home. For for finished up, dried up players who've turned us down many times before, and suddenly that now they're now they're looking for their last big cash cash you know paycheck. We're now attractive to them. No, go go do one. You know I don't want him anywhere near the club. Um, and we finally. Finally got rid of Valère Germain. What's the point of signing his clone? What is the point? So please, no, don't sign him. Bit harsh. I mean, he's a different. He's different from Germain. He's more. He was always more of a finisher, wasn't he? But, um, but he was. But yeah, but yeah, I get. Thirty-four years yeah. old. Not thirty-four years yeah. old, mate. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with both of you. Like, um, yeah, it's, he's passed it, and um, he never really wanted to be at Marseille ever anyway before did he so um, yeah like, let's, not, let's find someone younger with who who can you know grow into being an important player for us um, yeah strange one so as I said we're kind of out of time but there's like, one more rumour I wanted to talk about I know that there's kind of lots of rumours about like a couple of departures and stuff um, but they're not really that developed so I think we'll probably kind of just not chat about them today and I know that 
you know, that some of the players that were here on loan last year. So quite a lot's changed since um, we last podcasted. So players like Encham, Cuisance are not staying. They've gone, but Lirola and Balerdi are in, supposedly were still in talks with the, the, their clubs to try and work out a fee to keep to bring them back to the club. Um, so those ones, will, will, like hopefully there will be some activity, but we're not going to talk about them either because we all know what we think about those players. We've talked about them throughout the season. Um, but yeah, just one of the, the rumours that's kind of I noticed in the last sort of week or so, which I just find quite interesting. I don't know how true it is, but I think seeing as Leonardo's with us, I think it's probably worth just um, chatting about it quickly. It's just the possible re- return of Luis Gustavo to the side so we've seen this story floating around and it's possibly false maybe but yeah we're hearing that maybe that might be a player that we're looking at re-signing now would you guys want to see Luis Gustavo back at Marseille I'll just say my two cents first for me personally he was a very good player in his first season I wasn't really that impressed with him in his second season as much as I rate him very highly I don't think it sounds like a good idea. He seems a bit too old now, and yeah, it's it's often never a good idea to to um, bring people back on a second spell. I I often think it doesn't often work out very well. So yeah, I'm not in favour of the deal, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Luis Gustavo, would you take him back at Marseille? Well, I I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't think we should should bring. People back. I like very much Luis Gustavo. Uh, he was an important, important player for us uh, as a fan page, as a fan club, and all of that. But uh, uh, I don't think he he he's ready to to get a back, come back. He's not a he's not a on our level anymore. I think that, like like I said, I think it's it's false too. But but I think if if it's true, it's the same thing of David Luiz. Uh, a Brazilian player, uh, another player, experienced player uh, in European football who can who can do the job for adaptation and all of that. So yes, I I'm, I didn't I don't agree with with the with bringing him back. I don't I don't expect I don't I don't expect us to to do that. But I like him as I said, but. Not anymore in the pitch, you know. I I don't think he he would work anymore for us in the pitch. We got Papi Gay, who is a youngster, who is a great player, who can who can grown up this season. He he already made a a great season, a great not a great season, but a good season for a youngster last season. And then we we get Kendall Z. You know, uh, I don't think Luis Gustavo is a good idea anymore. Okay, yeah, absolutely agree. Um, ben, what about you? <laughs> Did you like the sound of this room? Or is it? Yeah, not much <laughs> yeah. more to add. He's, he's cooked, and you know, Turkish press—it's it's, just—it's just printing absolute nonsense nonstop. Um, he's cooked. We can't afford him, and I, I, I think um, Leonardo's last comment on Pat Gay is important. Why would you block him from flourishing? Um, and and with with apparently an, uh, you know system and a preseason that is quite draining and, and you know demanding from some party like Delta's was, uh, how are all these pensioners going to cope? 
So, no, you know, I think David Luiz is the only player that we should sign over the age of 32. And then after that, we, we just need more confirmed players for, you know, for, that are a bit younger and we can get a bit more years out of them. Okay, so um, just to finish off then tonight, um, I, I said there was lots of other rumours that were not covered, you know. So just I'll just mention some names um, for the listeners. So we're, we're, one of the players is, uh, if you're watching the Euros, is the Danish wing back Daniel Lass. Apparently, um, is a player that we're looking to sign. I think we've talked about in previous podcasts. As I believe, been interested in a young French attacker from Toulouse called Amin Adley. Um, Argentinian playmaker Thiago Almada um, was a player that we were reportedly interested in signing. So lots, lots of different names. Um, goalkeeper, I think we're like Paul Lopez. Paul, I don't know how to say his name. He's pronounced it probably. Paul, Paul Lopez from Roma, Spanish goalkeeper. It's another one that we've heard in recent days that we we want to sign. So there's lots of names out there. Um, it's really like an overdrive. The transfer rumors, but um, I've got. A very quick question for you guys. If you could sign one player out of the, all the names that you've seen linked to us, who would you choose? Uh, and we'll finish up like that. So, Ben, do you want to go first? Who who would your choice be of all the transfer links? Uh, Al- Almada, um, with, with, without hesitation. Um, just because he's, we have a need for that position. Um, I would love to see Payet get benched and Almada show him how it's done. And we we need to prepare the future in that in that position. We don't have an attacking creative player that is under the age of thirty. So we we need we need to refresh. And I, I've always liked the look of him since he's been linked with us. I've watched quite a few of his his games actually in recent weeks because they've been on uh, you know decent times to the Velez games and very impressed with him. I think he's he's you know he's, he's a very good little playmaker and he, he can dribble, he can find a pass, and he can score. So he's the one for me. Okay. Yeah, good choice. Um, and Leonardo, if you, what about you? Which player would you like to see come to Marseille out of all the, the rumours that we've had recently? Which one do you like? Uh, I, I don't even know what to talk, what to speak exactly, because Ben just steal my words. That's exactly that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he, no, 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 that's great. I think he and Jerson should, uh, should be a a very, very great duo on our midfield, you know, uh, on our constructing game. On uh, Gerson could be a, a little defensive, but the construction of game of the game should be very, very consistent, uh, very different of the the last season, you know. But that's that's basically that. Then just resume that all. Uh, I, I'd love to see Payet bench it. Too and and get a refresh and get a refresh in midfield uh, like we are having in the other sectors of the team in the attack with De La Fuente with with Luis Enrique and all of that you know Ahmad is the name yeah same for me uh, you, I don't have anything more to say as well of all those names Almada is the one that looks the most exciting for me um, he looks like the kind of player that we that we need you know. Um, so yeah, and the kind of player that, if it goes well, could be very, very exciting. And as you said, Leonardo, the if, the idea of him and Gerson, if they both adapt well to Europe, is a very exciting prospect. So yeah, 
that's what we want and <laughs> hopefully we get it but I don't think we can afford both of them is my guess but anyway um, I think that's all for tonight um, we kind of run over time there's been lots to talk about so yeah just uh, firstly uh, thanks Leonardo for joining us um, yeah and, and yeah thanks everyone guys and thank you all for listening thanks guys it was uh, yeah thanks Leonardo welcome back anytime um, hopefully you can debrief our Brazilians for us. Oh, well, I uh, wish, I wish. Uh, thanks for the invitation. It was, it was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Good night.